1: Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This podcast aims to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters, brushing up on essential skills, or maybe just adding a few new tactics to the toolkit. We cover a variety of topics that will help you be more confident and successful in the field. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Along with me today, once again, I've got Mr. Pierce Nellis. Pierce, what's going on, buddy?
0: Not much, man. Finally. Starting to feel like spring here, so I've just got turkeys on the brain.
1: Is it really starting to feel like spring, or are you lying? I mean, I think it started to feel like spring. <laughs> We've had like seven or eight fall
0: springs here this year, yep. so I'm uh, I'm hoping this one's the real deal. Yep. We got rain in
1: the forecast for the rest of the week, so at least it's not snow. <laughs> there you go. No more shoveling for a minute, at least. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. You hopefully. never know. Dude, it was. Uh, it was. So I I work out with a group of guys on Tuesday mornings at like 530 in the morning and Mm. we just do body weight type workout. So everything we do is outside this morning. It was 31 degrees here in Georgia, Yeah. which I'm like, dude, this is the second day of spring. It should not be 31 degrees. (laughs) We don't get this kind of weather for deer season. We don't get it. Like we just don't get this nice winter, you know, so now that I'm, I'm getting trail cam pics of turkeys and, you know, making plans for my turkey season, now all of a sudden winter decides to show up. And I'm like, what is, what is this? Why in the world is this beginning to happen? But anyway, well, dude, I wanted to have you back on. Uh, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think I called it Hot Topics Part One or something like that, because we knew mm-hmm. as soon as we got done that we needed to do another one, because there was a lot of ground left that we just didn't cover then afterwards i got a really good response from it i had people reaching out you know giving their take on some different things i had uh, you know looked at the the download numbers like it obviously got downloaded a bunch like yeah like peak deer season download numbers Mm -hmm. uh so obviously this is something folks want to hear a little bit more of or at least you know have something to kind of engage in during the off season maybe it's time to take a little bit of a break from the the In and out strategy, which if if I'm honest with you, man, like, man, talking hardcore deer hunting strategy week in, week out is amazing, but sometimes I like to think about other things. So we're, uh, you know, we're doing some different things this spring. We're sharing success stories. We're, you know, doing stuff like this with Hot Topics, and today we've got a couple more that we're we're going to cover. Before we do that, though, uh, Pierce, I got to tell you, man, do you have your Tacticam yet? I do not yet, no. We do not yet, okay. All right, look. No. Right now, they've got a sale going on. It's called like the turkey prep deal, or I don't know, whatever the slogan is. Their marketing team came up with something cool to call it. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do know that you can get the 6.0 camera, a barrel mount for your gun, and a um, SD card that you know is going to work in that camera, all for 299 bucks, which is $75 off. So if you haven't already gotten one, you can head over to tacticam.com and pick that sucker up so you're today. telling me that
0: I'm losing money by not jumping on this deal?
1: I'm telling you that if you don't buy one right now, <clears throat> in uh, three weeks or two weeks or something like that, you're going to spend $75 more, yes. That's what I'm <laughs> saying to you. That's what I'm saying to you. So when you when you finally decide, like, okay, bow season's almost here. Now I want to buy it. Well, you're going to spend 75 bucks more for something that you could have saved money on now and have it for turkey season instead, Absolutely. Of, instead of waiting. So I would recommend
0: a better excuse to buy more gear you oh that's a good one literally saving money really you're, you're earning money by jumping on this deal you're yeah and the like. question
1: becomes how could you not right like that's right. really what exactly. it becomes is how how could you not exactly do this? man i'm so glad that the listeners aren't going to take us seriously when i when i do these commercials <laughs> here at the beginning
0: let uh, me ask so. you this did we uh did we piss anyone off with that you, you mentioned you got a bunch of right in and stuff like that. Did we ruffle some feathers with that last one?
1: No, no ruffled feathers, like not a single feather ruffled, but I did have people, you know, say, Hey, here's my opinion or Hey, good thoughts on this. Here's where I differ. But like people who responded, who had a differing opinion, um, you know, I Mm -hmm. did get some stuff back on like, um, you know, specifically on the trail camera thing. And, it was really done in such a super respectful way so all you guys out there listening like thank you so much for engaging in these ideas that i think are important to think and talk about and discuss mm-hmm. but doing it in a respectful way like at the end of the day it's like hey we're all hunters but here's where i differ from your opinion and uh, you know nobody really criticized me too bad about my thought of i think that the uh you know the live stream cameras are going too far and i don't want other yep. people to have one but I want one for fun, uh, sure. you know, yeah. so uh, nobody called me on as being hypocritical or anything like that. So that was awesome. It was great. Um, but I think it's because, you know, we presented it all pretty open handedly. And, right. you know, so I think I think that created an environment where people were able to really engage with the idea as opposed to, you know, being triggered or, or whatever. So, uh, right. but yeah, guys, <laughs> as we go through this episode, if there are things that you want to you know, reach out, talk about, give us your feedback, ask questions, whatever. Feel free uh, to reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at How to Hunt Deer or at The Wisconsin Sportsman. You can find Pierce on Instagram as well. Pierce, where are you at?
0: I am at Good Chance Fly Fishing on Instagram or underscore Pierce Miller.
1: Sweet. So they can find you there. And if they want to uh, go fishing this spring, specifically in the driftless of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They should they should look you up.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If you have uh, never done the Driftless game, or you want to try fly fishing, or you want to just spend a great day out on the water chasing some fun trout in a very, very beautiful area, I would love to have you join me.
1: Yeah, man, one of the things I love about the Driftless <clears throat> is if you're new to fly fishing, the streams mm-hmm. are relatively small, and early spring is a great time to get out there casting yep. is simple you don't have to make long casts or anything like that the fish are pretty forgiving for the most part like I don't find a lot of yeah. super finicky uh, now some of your harder hit places maybe I won't go mentioning any but some of the harder hit places you may find a little more finicky fish but for the most part you're not dealing with fish that are just like super hard to even you know get up on them without spooking them too bad right um,
0: in the springtime the biggest thing that we run into is if the water levels are low and the water is super, super clear. And again, like you said, on a body of water that gets a ton of pressure where they are very, very accustomed to anglers splashing through the water, knocking over boulders, then occasionally falling through a lunker structure. Not that we know anyone who's done that. but um.
1: <laughs> Dude, I thought, I thought for sure I'd just ripped my leg open. Uh, I thought I was just going to look down and see blood flowing. Um, you know, from underneath, but, um, dude, another cool thing too, or another thing for people to think about, if you're thinking about trying this fly fishing later on in the summer is a lot more difficult for newbies. I think because of the, the increase in growth on the bank sides, like a lot of places that I've fished, you know, the later you get into the summer, the more you're getting tangled up, the more you're catching leaves behind you, the more you're snagging grass, that kind of thing. So, anyway, just a thought for those guys that might be kind of on the fence of like, hey, do I want to do a spring trip? We're doing one here soon. Yes, sir. Looking forward to that now.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, my goal is uh, to catch a brook trout. And if we can get on a tiger trout, that'd be pretty cool, too. You have had a lot of luck with those. You've caught three in a in a 12-month span, right? Less than 12 months, Less than yeah. 12 months. And the so, first one was May of last year. So, yeah, 10-month like span. Yeah. That's nuts, man.
0: Yeah, it. Uh, I, I can't explain it. And um, the body of water, which, of course, shall remain nameless here, um, gets a ton of pressure, and it is a spot that I had fished time after time after time. And I, I don't know why that fish was there. I mean, I know why it was there. <laughs> I don't know why that fish decided to eat under those conditions in that cer like just that set of circumstances. It was a total freak thing that I feel very lucky to have experienced. But <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well man, that's that's sweet. That's awesome. Uh so yeah, if you want to check out some uh some fly fishing in the Wisconsin's drift, li- drift list go ahead and look up mm-hmm. Pierce on Instagram or you can go to his website. And also
0: don't be afraid to book a trip. If you're interested in the summer, because it oh yeah yeah there's kind sure. of a there's a bit of duality to it. In the yep. spring, it, the casting is easier. However, the fish are spookier. Yep, and there's you know there's less cover and all that. More casting yep. smaller flies, which require a little bit more delicacy in their presentation. Whereas in the summer, as long as you can get your cast off, which I do my best to position you and put you in a position that you're not going to get tangled up. You're not going to get snagged on stuff. We're throwing big foam bugs, you know, beetle patterns, hopper patterns, um, you know, ant patterns, stuff like that, that don't require nearly as much finesse, if you will. Um, And you get some pretty explosive, you know, aggressive eats typically, uh, especially during our hopper season. So year round, it's super fun. Come up to Wisconsin. Chasing trout i think another
1: another thing too um there are a lot of places that don't have like heavy structure and issues to worry about on the bank like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of places with with no grass, you know cattle pasture kind of flat you know kind of banks and that kind of thing so not not anything to worry about um so one more thing pierce before we get going here uh, turkey season's right around the corner i'm not sure if you're aware of that um it's pretty much the only thing on my mind right now. And yep. I mean, whitetails are too, but not to the extent that turkeys are. Uh, one of the things you should do also is head over to huntworthgear.com. They've got a sale going on right now, 20% off of everything. You mentioned needing some rain gear, Pierce. Yep. And yep. absolutely, I have never used rain gear that's as good as the Huntworth rain gear that I used this past year. It kept me dry. It kept me warm. It kept me comfortable. It was, uh, it was breathable enough to wear, you know, my problem with a lot of rain gear is you take it off and you're just as wet on the inside as you would have been without wearing any rain mm-hmm. gear, just because you sweat and it's just not breathable and it's miserable. Uh, this stuff was fantastic. I used it, man, I sat and got just obliterated by rain during the rut. I mean, just mm-hmm. smashed by rain, wind, everything else. And I stayed dry, and I stayed comfortable. So if you're uh, interested in something like that, they've got a sale going on right now, 20% off. You can use the code TRKYM20. That's a lot to remember. Just go to their website. It's up at the top, so it's not like it's a secret or anything like that. But go to their website, 20% off of everything site-wide. If you're looking for something for for turkey season, I recommend the Tarnan. It's an excellent pattern. The other patterns are good, too. But, uh, man, I just had a lot of, a lot of success with that turn, uh this past fall. So go and check that out. Uh, Pierce, man, that's enough of commercializing uh, what we're here to do today. We've got to talk hot topics, and we've got a couple of things that we want to cover. Uh, three of them, I think, are kind of timeless, right? Like, we could cover them at any time mm-hmm. of the year. We could discuss them whenever we want to. One of them, though, I think is really, really timely, and maybe we want to go ahead and discuss it um, Unfortunately, we we couldn't get to discussing it last week. I already had an episode in the queue and, like, ready to go. Kansas just banned trail cameras on public land, and that includes their walk-in hunting areas. Mm -hmm. So that's a big deal. We've seen it happening in a lot of western states where either cellular trail cameras or trail cameras in general have been banned. We know why, because, you know, these spots are being just Abused by folks. You go out to water. I've heard stories of water holes with fifty to hundred cameras around them because everybody and their brother knows that's the spot to be to get pictures. Uh, so I get that. I get, I get why they're doing it. They're trying. They're trying not to pressure that specific area. Kansas, however, is the first what I would consider midwestern big buck state to pass a ban on trail cameras. The concern over the last couple of years out West has been, is this a slippery slope? Is this setting a or precedent for other states to follow suit to begin to ban trail cameras? We see with Kansas, probably so, right? Like it's it, it's out there and, and it's happening. Who's going to be next? I don't know. I feel like in Wisconsin, uh, it's probably going to. People are going to give it a hard pass. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not real sure.
0: Too for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't.
1: I don't think that people. Yeah, I just. I just don't think that would fly in Wisconsin. I don't know that it would fly in Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. But they, you know, a seven-member council passed it unanimously, and they all said, "Yeah, let's do it." Now, the reasons that they did it were pretty interesting. The biggest reason seemed to be that. People were concerned about their privacy. So, you as a public land hunter, Pierce, may say to yourself or to other people, I don't want to be out on public land and have my picture taken and somebody potentially post that on Facebook. I don't want to be out there in such a way that, um, you know, people can take my picture without me knowing. And I kind of get that. Like, I kind of understand. Mm-hmm. I've I shared I think I've shared it with you last time. I uh, got a picture of the dude peeing. Uh, yeah, never did post that anywhere, but I could have, and it would have been hilarious. And he thought it was pretty funny yep. as well. Luckily, he's a good sport about it. He turned around and smiled at the camera. Um, but you know it, that's the reality. It, it's not. It has nothing to do, or at least little to do with the deer, and more to do with with privacy. The next part that I thought was really interesting. Um, is that. You know, last time we talked a lot about enforcement. As you start to, Mm -hmm. you know, have these new technologies that come out, you try to do different things to enforce regulations that keep them within ethical boundaries, right? Their reasoning was we can't enforce easily without a total ban top to bottom. We want to be able to enforce this the best that we can. Therefore, what we have to do is to just Totally ban trail cameras, Pierce. I'm curious your thoughts on number one. What do you What do you think about this? Like, is is banning these things okay? Like, is that all right? And number two, what do you think about their reasoning? So, I want to hear your thoughts on on what they did, and then your thoughts on why they did it.
0: My thoughts on what they did. Um, you know, you and I were texting about this yesterday, and my initial reaction was whoa that that's big like that's that's a big step for them to take and then the more I kind of sat on it and and thought about it there's a part of me that was kind of like in a big buck state like Kansas um There's a part of me that likes it. Okay. That, that's a, <laughs> I'm just going to go Agreed. out and say it. There's a part of me that likes it. There's a part of me that thinks it's cool that there's the, um, you know, it's essentially kind of it, it cutting technology out of the picture, right? Yep. It is requiring hunters to, if they want to get some Intel, they have to get boots on the ground. They have to take their time and go out in there and they have to be careful to, you know, not bump those deer. Um, which, you know, in, in retrospect, it may end up meaning, okay, you are rather than, you know, having the trail camp sit out there. Okay. There's an excuse to go out and sit in the woods for a little, you know, a couple more days a year so that you've got some intel and stuff like that. Yep. Um, there's a part of me that likes it, man. There's a part of me that likes that kind of removal of technology and, uh, you know, just the, the forcing folks to hunt the old fashioned way and do their scouting the old fashioned way um, that I, I really do like. Um, that being said in these modern times um, I mean trail cams are beneficial. They just are. They are. They really just are. Um, I'm a little surprised that they did just a full on trail cam ban and they didn't try going. Uh, was it Arizona or New Mexico that banned uh, cell cams?
1: I um, want to say that was Arizona. That they're both. I think, I think they're both banned. But I, oh, well, no? I, okay, gotcha. I'm not a hundred percent positive. In fact, that came up on an episode that we did with the, uh, for the Wisconsin Sportsman, where we talked with Rudy Nunez from Tacticam. and you know they've got the yeah, reveal yeah. cameras, and that was kind of their big thing. Of you know, I was asking mm-hmm. them like, how is that going to change your your marketing? And they were right. like, well, we're going to have to roll with the punches when, you know, when it comes to this. So I'm not exactly sure which one, but, but yeah, one of them at least has said cell cameras.
0: Right. And so I'm a little surprised that Kansas didn't maybe take the baby step of banning cell cams first and then go to trail cams. Because that, I mean trail cams, you know, just the, the traditional model where you got to go in and swap cards and all that stuff, you know, that's still requiring you to go in, you're spreading human scent all over the property or whatever, wherever you're going. Um, you know, you have to be cautious. You can't bump deer where you're going in and out to check your stuff. Uh, so I, I do think maybe they, they, they implement this. Maybe they went a little too far, a little too fast. That being said, again, my kind of gut reaction to it is that I sort of like it. I I don't think it's the worst thing. Um, I I think if anything too, you know, it'll be tough to see what actually happens. with it. Is that going to cause more hunters to get in the woods? Is that going to cause fewer hunters to get in the woods? Um, You know, are people going to be less likely to hunt now that they're not getting, you know, photos sent to their phone or, you know, they're not going out there grabbing a card and checking and seeing like, okay, I've got these bucks in the area. Um, or they're going to be the opposite. It was like, well, crap, if I don't have that, I need to get in there and see what the heck's going on. Um, I, you know, trail cams, I think they save people a lot of time. Um, as kind of is the, the purpose of technology and technological advances. Um, but that being said, you know, there's still that part of me that's, that's very much okay with cutting those out of, uh, out of the picture there. And obviously private land you can still use them. I'm not sure, um, you know, what the, the public to private ratio is in Kansas. I haven't looked into that too much, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it.
1: Yeah. With their walk-in hunting area program, that really increased their public access. To mm-hmm. to hunt right. around there, so they're they're doing okay. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I I I'm intrigued by it. You know, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I've not. I mean, besides hunting, you know, food plots or feeders in Alabama, kind of thing. I don't yep. know that I've ever killed a deer over a trail camera, if that makes sense. Like, right. Like, I've never killed mm-hmm. a deer in an area that I had my trail camera where I could like even see my trail camera from where I was sitting. Most of Mm -hmm. my trail camera strategy revolves around taking inventory, finding out what bucks are in the area. And, you know, so a lot of times is why I'm really not even too upset about nighttime photos because I'm not going to hunt there anyway. Like I just want to know what's around. Um, One part of me that wants to push back. I'm okay with this. I'm not, I'm not upset about it. You know, I heard, I've heard nothing, but, tons of folks this year saying, I saw more cell cams than ever in my spot mm-hmm. in X state, whether that be Wisconsin or Illinois or Georgia or Tennessee or Alabama, everyone that I've been talking to, uh, Pennsylvania, Ryan Glitzky last week um, <clears throat> episode went live last Thursday, seen more cell cameras now than ever. And so it's yeah. becoming a problem. Just the amount of stuff that we've got out in the woods. Right. Yeah. Um. At the end of the day though, I use trail cameras to make decisions as to what I can reasonably reasonably expect for an area. So for instance, last year, um <clears throat> had that 90 plus inch buck come by. Middle of the day, several days into my rut hunt, right? And I made the decision to pass the deer. And I made that decision. I don't want to say that I would have definitely shot them had I not had pictures of larger deer, but there's a really yep. good chance I would have, you know, on public mm-hmm. ground. Um, I had three <clears throat> much larger deer in the area and I knew they were there because of trail camera photos. And right. so that went into my decision. So I wonder if, you know, removing trail cameras will be detrimental to overall age structure because folks mm-hmm. no longer are aware what might be out there, what might be wandering around. So when a 115 inch three-year-old walks by or 115 inch two-year-old walks by and you say to yourself, well, he gets my heart racing, right? So I'm just going to go ahead and take him. Uh, And and if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying that I know that it plays into my decision-making. I did a quick poll on Instagram where I asked, hey, how often does – trail camera pictures influence your shoot or pass decisions. And I think the final result was like a third of people said it does not influence their, or no, 50% of people said it doesn't influence their shooter pass decisions, like a trail camera photo of other deer. And that's fine. I've also found that a third of people who, um, a third of people said that yearly they kill deer that they have on trail camera on public land. So okay. that's interesting to me. So the, the, they're obviously very helpful hunting tools on public land yeah. and they are informing the way that people hunt. Uh, I, so I'm curious about the, the impact that that will have. I'm curious about because, I mean, let's face it, a four or five year old buck plays a different role in the herd than a two year old yep. buck does. Um, they don't, you know, functionally, <clears throat> they're, they're just not the same. And so will this impact the age structure? In Kansas, I don't know. It's a one-buck state, so probably not, not too mm-hmm. much. Um, but I think that it could. I think there's opportunity for it, to. What do you yeah. think about their their reasoning for reasons of, of at least their, their published reasoning, right? Like, it, it may be that there are other reasons as well, but kind of their primary reason was, was personal privacy. What do you think about that?
0: I mean, personal privacy has been something that's been, that's like a hot topic for the last, I mean, how many years, really? Ever since, really? I mean, I remember roughly, college, since, roughly um, since
1: 1776 when, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's been going back, right? Yeah, um,
0: you know, that. that's the thing. I, I think, you know, privacy is a super hot topic, yep. it really is. Um, I completely understand it. I remember. Uh, I, I actually took like an ethics course in college about privacy specifically, um, and you know, privacy law and all that kind of stuff. And it was like when, uh, you know, the city of Chicago and New York, um, you know, there were all the security cameras that were just like the city cameras that were on (laughs) street corners and light posts and storefronts and all that stuff. And whether or not, right, exactly. Is that an invasion of privacy or is it a security measure? I don't know. Because you know, I think you gotta. Eventually, you just gotta look at the the stats of like, okay, how much you know crime does this stop, or how many people do we catch using that stuff, or how much good comes from, you know, what's the payout for having all of this technology and all of this uh, this stuff. That being said, I mean, we've all sat there and been hanging out with some friends or been talking about you know some gear or some song or some something. And then the next day or later that night, you're scrolling through social media and all of a sudden, boom, there's an ad for it. Oh yeah. Okay. I didn't look that up. Nobody Googled that around (laughs) me. I was just talking about it. So, okay, crap. Like, you know, so then that kind of, you know, feeds in what, you know, how much privacy do we, do we really have? Are we really losing that much more? I get it too. Like, you know, you're going out on public land and you know, ideally a thought where there's no, uh, you know, we all, we, we go outside to disconnect. We go outside to get away from all that crap, all the stuff involving the, um, you know, surveillance cameras and all that, yeah. uh, to get away from people to get, you know, just connect with nature and connect with the earth. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, it is, sort of tainting that um, or tarnishing that if we're going out there and all of a sudden, Oh crap, here's eight cell cams that I just walked in front of. Like that's annoying. Who all just saw that? Like, so I, I can see that argument too. Um, that being said, I think it's given the amount of other things uh, you know, I, 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 at this point, I don't, I don't mean to sound like I've got any sort of a tinfoil hat on here, but uh, I think privacy is a bit more of an illusion than most people think at this point. Yeah. And that is as far into that as I'm going to go. Um, however, I see the, yeah, I, I can understand the argument. Yeah. I do. Cause uh, you know, it, it does, you know, it's not going to ruin your day, but you and I have both gone out there and seen cell cameras and been like, ah, crap. Okay. There's someone else here. Or like, there's, you know, someone else has been here and you know, I, am not sure if that's uh, just sort of that, like the, I don't know what the, the verbiage is for it the human kind of drive to like find something new and like find your own little, like secluded, like, Oh yeah, this is my spot. This is cool. No one's like been here. No one's touched this yet. You know, I'm just out in nature. Like I found this cool spot, you know, so so essentially the the sense of adventure more or less. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I get it. I definitely get it. I I think it's a, you can make that argument as strong or as weak as you want to uh, these days,
1: I think. Hey guys, just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the How to Hunt Deer podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point-of-view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that's a total game changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions in the past, you know how frustrating it can be to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. This fall, I'll be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with a 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with a 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. Do you find yourself becoming more of a conspiracy theorist as you get older? <laughs> no, you man. You are not wearing a tinfoil hat. The,
0: the only conspiracy I have is uh, how can I convince more turkeys to come in a little bit closer. Dude, I
1: have never
0: in been. more deer. I I, I I don't have time for it, man. There's, there's just not time for it because yeah. you can go down a rabbit hole that oh. is it
1: bad, bad these days. I'm <laughs> yeah. So another another question that popped into my mind as you were talking: Do you ever find a trail camera on public land? And I mean, obviously, we both we scout for human sign quite a bit as well, mm-hmm. right? Because these these places that we're hunting. Oftentimes in Wisconsin, they're small tracks. And by a small tract, I mean, you know, a couple hundred acres, maybe. Yeah. Uh, which isn't huge yeah. when you got five or six guys on it. So right. do you ever kind of try to figure out, like, how savvy of a hunter they are by either the type of trail camera that they have or the oh, yeah. the way the trail camera is set up?
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I oh, do yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, I always look I get for, so like, judgmental. It be trail judgmental. Cam- yeah, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's either – and I <laughs> – that's funny, man. Because I feel like everyone totally is. Like, I, you yeah. know, whether whether you're you're fishing, hunting, you know, whatever. Every single field, like every every, uh, you know, pursuit or hobby or interest mm-hmm. or whatever. There's always someone like, "What are you doing that you think you're so great?" Or like, "What well, like, oh, that's what your setup is like?" Okay, sure. You really you chose that tree, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Not not what I would have done, but well, you know, it works for you. Cool. Yeah. Sure. It's great. Uh, the one that always cracks me up is when I find a tree that's like got teeth marks in it from uh you know, a, a climber stand or somebody clearly using climbing sticks or something like that, right? I don't know, like go up the bottom of it, kind of look around, and be like really that tree? That's like yeah. I don't know, pretty exposed man, but what do I know? Like- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. I am well, 100% the, with you. Yeah. You're off the deer sign by about 300 yards, but cool, man. If this is where you want to hide, that's <laughs> fine.
0: Um, <clears throat> I'm sure a deer passes through here once in a while. Yeah. You're, you can go for it, man.
1: Yeah. Dude, I, uh, <laughs> I, when I'm out there on public ground, if I find, you know, you find those, those, uh, kind of mid range trail cameras by like wildlife innovations, wild game innovations or whatever it is, um, which, there's a t-shirt out there that says wild game violations instead of wildlife innovations because the, yeah. the owner or whatever got busted for some some different things. And so that's hilarious, first of all. <laughs> what a, what an awesome play on words. That's at like bustedrack.com or something like that. Justin Czar's t-shirt company. <laughs> uh, anyway, when I see those, I'm just kind of like, meh, they don't bother me too much. When I see a cell camera, I'm like, yeah. okay, the dude's pretty serious. Like this, is, he's he's spending money to keep this out here. When I find those thirty dollar Tascos from Walmart, my mm-hmm. immediate assumption is this guy has a hundred of these things out here. You know, yeah. like that that's how I use them. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I buy the you know, occasionally we'll have those thirty dollar you know, if it's in a spot that I don't want to get or that I'm fine if it gets mm-hmm. stolen or expect it to get stolen, I'm not putting a reveal there. I'm putting right. the the twenty nine ninety nine Tasco from Walmart. And I've got a literal crate of those things, you know, and so when I see one of those, I just assume the guy's got a hundred of them. And that like, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm avoiding this area altogether. Fine. I'm out. (laughs) Like he, he gets it. This thing is basically posted with uh,
0: the game recognizes game.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So (laughs) all in all, Kansas has made this move. If I just, you gotta, you gotta say good move or bad move for Kansas.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect me to put it. I was hoping you'd let me walk the line and uh-huh. uh, all that. I'm going to say, uh, I may eat my words here. I'm going to say good move.
1: Okay. All right. Are you Nothing. more or less interested in hunting Kansas now? More. More? Okay. I I, w- so. I will say as a non-resident. It wouldn't have mattered to me hardly anyway. I probably.
0: Right. That's exactly where I'm at too.
1: If I'm out there for a week, I'm not going to deal with cameras. I may, you know, there may be a time when I want to put up one or two on like a, if I find some nice scrapes to try to get quick Mm -hmm. inventory while I'm over here hunting this other place. But really they're not going to play into my, into my, my bag of tricks too much. If I'm a resident, I'm probably going to think it's a bad move. Yeah, as an out of stater, I think it's a good move. I think it's a good mm-hmm. move, and I'm I'm happy to see Kansas as the test case.
0: Yeah, know, totally,
1: and not Wisconsin because you better believe after making this move, other Midwestern states are watching what Kansas uh, is oh, doing. Yeah. yeah, and they're
0: going
1: to exactly. be watching what comes out of Kansas, and I'll be interested to see if the yearling buck harvest begins to trend up, or at least the right. the two the two- and three-year-old buck, because I th- I think in Kansas, that's one of those places you can reasonably hold out for a four-year-old deer on public ground, yep. very oh, yeah. reasonably. I'd be interested to see if their harvest data shows that harvest, harvesting or the the harvest makeup starts to drift downward as opposed to yeah. your old age class deer. But we won't yeah. know that for a couple of years.
0: Right, and I mean, it, it could do the opposite thing could be, okay. Like, well, I can't have trail cameras in here. I can't get Intel there. I'm not going to hunt there. It could just deter hunters from going into that, that area. I'm going to go ask my, you know, my buddy from work if I can hunt out at his place and I'll put trail cams out there. So I know exactly what I'm hunting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think it, you know, it could go, it could go either way. It really could. I think for, uh, you know, just general public land woodsmanship and stuff like that. It's good because it's going to force people to, really get better at reading sign and like, okay, what really is the sign of a mature buck in this area? Like you're you're really analyzing hoof prints, you know, really analyzing scrapes and bedding and, um, you know, different travel corridors and stuff like that. I, I, it's going to be cool to see.
1: Yeah. I didn't even think you had to be a good woodsman in Kansas. I thought there's just big, there's (laughs) one fifties running around everywhere. Right. Right. And that, that's what I thought anyway. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on, Pierce.
0: Says on the state website, right? It's What's that? Like, that's what they say on the state website, isn't it? Yeah, they I think that like when you're a non-resident, stuff.
1: I think it has a guarantee on there that they're, that you're going to get a shot at a 140 or your money right. back for the for the license. <laughs> so, uh, oh gosh, if you're from Kansas and you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. Uh, I apologize right now. All right, <clears throat> Pierce. One more topic. I don't think we're gonna. We've got we've got three more here on the. On the docket. And I don't think Uh, we could.
0: I think this topic alone, we could have made a whole episode out of it. But I agree. I think let's, uh, yeah, we'll move on here. Folks listening, please write in. Yeah. We would love to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts on this. What we got wrong. Yeah.
1: And then maybe, maybe let us know too how you'd feel if your state did it. I can tell Mm -hmm. you right now, if I'm (laughs) as a hunter in Georgia, and as someone who hunts Wisconsin a lot, I would be very sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like this, I would not be okay with this. So, um, but as a non-resident, I'm okay with it. So, you know, let me know your thoughts. Write in. Let us know, like like Pierce said, where we got it right, where we got it wrong. Pierce, the next thing, of a, a little bit of a hot topic that I want to talk to you about is the idea, and I think you, you put it to me like this in a text message, something along the lines of, to be a bow hunter, you have to be a bodybuilding marathon runner. Basically, and if you're not, then what are you even doing with uh, with your life? Mm-hmm. Explain to me a little bit about what you think or what what, what your, your thought process there is. Because as soon as you sent that to me, I knew exactly what you were talking about. And I, and I think as soon as I say yeah. that, everyone knows what and probably who we're talking about. You did send me a hashtag yep. and I didn't use that because that's calling out a specific person. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to, uh, I, I didn't want to, you know, put him on the call him to the table. Yet. Right, right. We might, yeah, we absolutely. might, we might one day that could be cool. Let's get him on. Uh, yeah, we'll get him on. We'll grill him about it and <laughs> tell him he's a chump. No, I'm kidding. We won't do that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, talk to me about that and kind of your, your thought process on it. Cause you're, I, you're a fit dude. Like I've called you several times and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm on my way to or from the gym. So it's not like mm-hmm. you think physical fitness is not important because you do.
0: No, 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 absolutely not. Um, yeah, I feel like, and I, I think most people who have social media, um, can agree that, uh, in recent years, there's been a trend towards this uh this sort of mentality that bow hunters um ought to be, you know, if you're if you're a bow hunter, you ought to be in outstanding shape. You ought to be, you know, just shredded and running or doing crossfit or just working your tail off in the gym. um I'll just go out and say it. I think everyone on here has probably seen at least a video, if not multiple videos, of Cam Haynes doing his run-lift shoot. And more power to him. I mean, God bless him, because that dude works his butt off and kills some sweet bulls. The,
1: the dude's bow has a 92-pound draw weight. I think he got
0: a new one. It's 95 or 100 now.
1: That's re- Good Lord. It is it is God.
0: absolutely psycho. <laughs> it is nuts.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. And uh which if I mean he so, he pulls it back no problem so more power to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. I mean the dude's an animal. Absolute animal. I feel like lately um a lot of folks have begun to try and emulate that. And I think for a good reason. I do not think that it is turning into a uh you know, an egotistical like you know, if you don't have a six pack and can't run 10 miles, you shouldn't be a bow hunter. I do not think it's that. Um, cause I, I remember early on when Cam was kind of coming on the scene, um, his whole thing was that he, out of respect for the animal, he wanted to be in as great of shape as he could so that he could be as prepared as possible and have his heart rate low enough and be as non shaky and have, you know, fired as many practice shots as possible that he is in the best condition possible to make an ethical shot on an animal and kill it quickly and humanely.
1: I get that. That is
0: fantastic. Yep. However, since then, I think it's been a little bit monetized and I think it's kind of turned into this, uh, um, kind of, a kind of this mentality sort of thing. It's just like, if you're a bow hunter, you gotta be a freaking beast. Otherwise, you know, what are you doing? What are you even trying? And I think there's, you know, there's obviously something to do that. I do not think bow hunting and physical fitness or just health and wellness in general are, you know, mutually exclusive or like you, you have to be in great shape to be a bow hunter or all that. Cause we've seen plenty of guys on this trend now who are in awesome shape. And they suck at bow hunting. Yeah. Like they're just brutal. You know what I mean? They have no clue what they're doing. They're, just, You know, they, you know, sure they do the run and the lift and they shoot their bow, but like you put them in the woods and it's like, okay, what are you, like, like, okay, this is kind of foreign to us now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and what I see um, with
1: that is too much of you drop them in the outfitters blind and then yep. they take a shot. True. You know what I mean? It's not, it it, it has yep. nothing to do with, with true woodsmanship, but anyway, yep. I, we'll come back around to my two cents. Keep going. Sure.
0: And so I, uh, you know, I, I think that the big trend has been, um, you know, as of late, as I mentioned, just like in order to be a bow hunter, you've got to be a freaking beast. Now, Ryan Glitsky, who you had on uh, oh, last week.
1: The dude's an animal. dude's a
0: freaking tank. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> like. <laughs> I hope I get to meet oh him my in God. person at some point because the dude is just massive.
0: Crush your hand. and Yeah. All that.
1: yeah. Um, but you know, and I, I, you know, I, I think it's,
0: it is awesome, you know, that, that, you know, folks are encouraging hunters to, I would much rather, let's just put it this way. I would much rather have people focused on wellness and being in great shape and just good physical fitness as well as being a bow hunter than, you know, smoking a pack a day and, you know, pounding a bunch of beers and taking horrible care of themselves and then going out and all that. If that's your game, more power to you. You know what I mean? Best of both worlds case, you're healthy and you're a good hunter. Obviously, that's the best of both worlds. Um, I just think that lately there's been a little bit of a a culture shift here where it's kind of like, you know, you better be getting after it if you're a bow hunter. And I think for Western hunters, absolutely. That's a super, super, super physically demanding hunt that you're doing where you're, you know, hiking in the mountains, the foothills, all that you're packing out, you know, six, 700 pound elk on your back, you know, and quartering them all that kind of stuff. It's a physically demanding deal. And I do think, uh, you know, I was talking to my buddy Gus about this yesterday. He brought up the point that in the Midwest, that's just not the case. Like yeah. we are not, it, it is a, Get in the tree and sit still, like don't move that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Sure. We might have a bit of a hike, uh, going in and out of there, but other than that, it's like, can you sit it out? Like, can, can you basically just actually use myself there? Sorry. Can you hang out of a tree and, uh, you know, or, you know, sit in a stand for a full day and just tough out the cold and not really move that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a differently, it's a total different set of demands than, you know, the Western hunters who uh, you know, a lot lot, lot of folks see, you know, on social media and on, uh, you know, YouTube and all that stuff. We've all gone down the YouTube rabbit holes of watching you know, whether it be Cam Haynes or I'm sure folks have, you know, seen Joe Rogan or whoever it is, you know, bigger names, you know, more celebrity type people doing these bow hunting, uh, you know, going on these hunts. Um, and again, more power to them. You know, it's uh you know, you're getting out in the woods, you're, you're enjoying the sport. You are, you know, you, you are attempting this pursuit and all the best to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That being said, I think it, it is very, very important to say that you do not have to be a freak of a physical specimen to be a bow hunter.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree. You said something a second ago where about how monetized it has all become, and that's so true. Mm-hmm. Just look at the number of, you know, new companies, new brands that are out there now that are marketing either their supplements or their fitness line specifically yep. to hunters. Mm-hmm. Like like that should tell you right there, there are other motives at play. It's not oh, just, yeah. you know, well, we really want to help you get in shape. And so we're going to let you buy our creatine at $85 for this little bitty 12 ounce tub or whatever. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot more at play there. Now I I will say, I think, Physical fitness is important when it comes to hunting. Oh, absolutely. I've not prioritized it in the way that I should. Um, You're hunting private land that you can easily traverse on a golf cart or a four-wheeler or your vehicle. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is what it is, you know, whatever. (laughs) You're hunting public land where your hikes are long. Uh, If you're saddle hunting or if you're doing any kind of real mobile hunting, it can be really important. I got in a, in a little bit of a hairy situation um, last, no, two Decembers ago. So it would have been December of 21. I went out for the holiday hunt, and uh, my plan was to take a doe. I got in a tree that was too big and basically got to where I could not, I was one-sticking. And it was snowing outside. It's cold. I'm super bundled up. And between the way that I'd positioned the stick, the lean of the tree, and uh, all the bulky clothing that I'd had on, you know, and just what it took out of me to walk there, you know, through snow and, you know, I wore out. I had a heck of a time riding myself Mm -hmm. there. And I'm like, am I going to have to just cut myself down and just hope for the best? (laughs) You know, when I get to the bottom, like, I don't know I don't know what I'm going to do. So I think there are mm-hmm. a lot of things that are really really important and you know another thing not just for the safety aspect but I never want to be in a situation where I make hunting decisions based off of my physical fitness level. That oh, to yeah. me right. sucks really bad. That's what's getting me out in the yep. in the out working out right now, you know, as mm-hmm. we head into turkey season. I've got 1 month uh you know less than a month from today, you and I are going to be covering ground for turkeys on public land in Wisconsin. And I don't want to make decisions based on whether or not I'm physically fit enough to make it happen or whether Mm -hmm. or not I'm too tired to cross this Creek or walk straight up this, you know, 44, 45 degree, you know, hillside or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I want to be able to do it without having to think twice about my ability physically to, to make that happen. But I think beyond that, and especially when you get into, like, you just need to be ripped and able to run marathons yeah. and all that. Like, that's just, it's too far. It's not necessary. Uh, now, if you right. want to do fitness, you want to be fit, like, go do it, man. Whatever. Yeah. Just maybe don't act like the rest of us have to be a uh, marathon runner right. or bodybuilder to be able to make it
0: happen. Absolutely.
1: I also think, uh, Tony Peterson, I've talked with him a couple of times, and that's a big thing for him is physical fitness. Now you look at Tony, Mm -hmm. he's not jacked. He's not huge. uh, He's, he's kind of, he's, he's a runner. Like he, he, he really enjoys running uh, and the guy is fit for his mental state primarily like for him, you know, that is how he stays mentally in shape as well as how he stays physically in shape. And I admire mm-hmm. that, man. I, I think that that's really good. I think I think that there's value in the deer woods or the turkey woods or whatever it is to be mentally in shape through being physically in shape. There's a guy, uh, yeah. I forget the name of the book. I think it's called The Common Rule. Yeah, The Common Rule. Uh, Earley is his last name or something like that. But one of the things, it's all about spiritual practices. So if you're not, you know, into that kind of stuff, whatever. But one of the things that I took away from the book was, he said, sometimes the only way to get a hold of your, of your soul, is to get a hold of your body, and it was just about the value of posture and that kind of thing when it comes to spiritual practices or whatever. And I think that that yeah. expands out from there to, um, you know, your mental state. You know, sometimes the only way to conquer. Uh, certain issues is to is through the use of physical fitness. I think that that's a, a huge way of managing, oh, yeah. you know, whether it be depression or anxiety. Not to say that, you know, well, if you just go work out, all your anxiety and depression is gone. It's not what I'm saying. My, wife's, right. my wife's a therapist, so I, I, I dare not say anything like that. Uh, but what I will say is that it can help you to manage. And so I have to think oh, yeah. that it can help you to manage – When it comes to the moment of truth, when it comes Mm -hmm. to, you know, doing hard things out in the woods, when it comes to those times when you really, really need good clarity, um, you know, to make a good decision, whether that be a decision about whether to take the shot, when to take the shot, how to take the shot or a decision about your, your safety. I was listening to a story yesterday on the bow hunter uh, or I'm sorry, working class bow hunter podcast and they had somebody on from chase nation and the dude almost died in the woods. You know, he, he became hypothermic, fell in a Creek. He was, had vertigo from a gun blast and all this stuff. And, you know, I think moments, yeah, it was, dude, you should go listen to it. It's a, it's a really good episode, but it'll make you think twice about like people knowing where you're at. But it also Hmm. made me think twice about my physical fitness and my ability to um, you know, to get myself out of the woods should I find myself in a sketchy situation. So Yeah. Anyway, uh, Pierce, what's your workout routine, dude? We've we've got just a couple minutes here, like like two or three minutes to, to keep recording. I don't want to jump into these other topics. Uh the other topics we're gonna we're gonna cover in a future episode because they are Oh yeah. Number one, deer camp traditions. Um and we're gonna talk about like the good, the bad and the ugly, <laughs> including the one mm-hmm. that I shared with you was normal, uh, for folks down in the South and you were like, what the hell are you, what, what, like, what, what do you do? (laughs) Um, so, uh, I want to be sure we get to that one. And the next is the concept of my tag, my hunt and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the good and, and maybe the, the not great that comes with that. And yeah, don't don't get flustered about that yet until you till you hear me out on it. But um, you know, in case someone's listening and they're like, Ah, don't don't talk about that one. Um, I just want to talk about mm-hmm. it open handedly. But what is your uh yeah. what's your what does your fitness routine look like? Like if it's not important to be a marathon runner who's also a bodybuilder for bow hunting, what level of physical fitness is important?
0: You know, as you were talking about being in the uh that sticky situation in your saddle, I was like thinking like, yeah, you know what? Like, especially this first year of saddle hunting for me, like this past fall, like there was a lot of times that I was really just kind of like hanging on a branch while I was trying to get stuff (laughs) situated and lined up. Right. And I was like, okay, if I like hang off of this and I like hug the trunk with this arm, I can probably scooch this over a little bit or adjust my tether in one way or another. I, I mean, as I was thinking that my, like, initial thought was just like, if you're going to saddle hunt, like you should hopefully like, like be close to at least getting like one good pull up. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. And you know what I mean? Yep. You should be able to like, if, if it should hit the fan, you can grab a branch and get yourself in a, <laughs> and I don't want to say safe, but in a safer position than dangling off this branch. You yep. know what I mean? Like get yep. yourself to, um, do some good, you know, a uh, more solid, Ground, essentially.
1: Yeah, I would Um, add one quick thing to that. If you're climbing at all, you need to work on the hip flexors. Like, if you're leaving the ground, Mm. you need to work on your hip flexors. Because I didn't really have vocabulary to put to that over the last couple years. But that's where it gets me, dude. Like, that's where I'm, I'm, like, wiped. And I'm like, why am I so tight? Why am I wiped out from this? It's not my major muscle groups. It's my hip flexors. Right. Because I don't work them. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, I mean just hiking doesn't really do a lot for them. But boy, you start putting one leg up above the other, not one foot in front of the other, one leg above the other. Mm -hmm. You start trying to get up a tree or you start walking, hiking for a long time through dense cover where you're having a high step. And then you get to your tree and decide to try to climb. (laughs) Oh yeah. You're going to be wiped out. Right. So anyway, just thought I'd throw that one out there.
0: Yeah, no, that's 100%. And you know, I, as you were talking to about, uh, you know, just the, the mental aspect of, you know, being physically in shape and working out on a, you know, semi-consistent basis. Um, and just what that does for you mentally, like, you know, kind of the, the, you know, maybe, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's the saying the variation of the saying, you know, like if you feel good, you know, in theory, you're going to perform better. You're going to think a little bit clearer. You're going to be, uh, you know, like you said, I, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the big words that gets kind of floated around in, in this conversation of you know whether it be bow hunting or working out, the two of them they, they both all kind of point to discipline, mm-hmm. right? And so you've got the discipline of you know you're not going to punch that trigger, you're going to hold on. You know the discipline to practice your shooting, the discipline to you know continue working out for your own physical benefit and all that stuff. Um, you know I, I think there there is something, and that's one of honestly one of the coolest things about bow hunting and, you know, fitness as a whole, like each one of them is like great for discipline and, you know, focus and clarity. Cause when you're doing each one of those things, if you're not a hundred percent focused on them, you're not getting nearly as much out of it as you could be. You know what I mean? If you're not fully locked in where you're shooting bows and, or shooting arrows in the backyard and you know, maybe your mechanics start to get a little floppy, a little loose or whatever. Well, okay, that's how you make a bad shot. That's how you send one over the block and you know, into the neighbor's yard or out into the cornfield or whatever. Um, and and, you know, same with, you know, working out, if you're not locked in and you're really focused on your form and what you're doing and you know, thinking on the muscle groups that you're trying to hit or, you know, even just, you know, kind of gritting your teeth and pushing through these, you know, that, that last set or that last, you know, mile or whatever it is. Um, you know, that, that's how you get hurt. That's either how you, you're either going to come up short and you're going to feel like crap and you're going to kick yourself for not pushing yourself that little bit further. Or if you're not, you know, locked in, especially you start doing with, you know, heavier weight and stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's how you get injured. Right. Yeah. And then if you're injured, then you're not hunting. So it's, it's yeah. uh you know, kind of a dual edged sword. As far as my routine though, you know, I've, uh, I, I played football from, I mean, fourth grade all the way through my freshman year of college. Um, And so I I started working out, you know, hitting the gym and stuff when I was like, I want to say like 13 or 14. Um, And that was all for football. It was specifically for football. I would go in there. We'd lift four days a week, Monday through Thursday. And then our coach was pretty cool. On Friday was like a game day or whatever, where it was still, you know, you're still active. It was a lot of running around and a lot of, you know, uh, you know, change of direction type stuff, but, but it was play. You know, yeah. we, were, we called this we had this game, it was basically just kind of like ultimate football more or less, but we called it grabaz and we'd play that on Friday mornings and all nice. that. And that was like our our fun little reward for, for working uh prior in the week. And, you know, since then it's just kind of been ingrained in me to just want to kinda of work out. I get super antsy and restless if I'm not physically active, if I'm, you know, stuck behind a desk or in an office or, you know, anything like that. Um, but you know, I, I keep it pretty loose. I don't have like a strict, um, regime of like Monday is, you know, legs, Tuesdays, you know, chest or however you want to split it up or anything like that. Um, I try and just stay consistent, you know, keep it, you know, three to five days a week, um, with, you know, if it's a day, out on the Creek and I'm fishing and I'm on my feet that whole day. Okay. I'm, I'm all right with not working out that day. Uh, cause usually when I'm doing that, especially if I'm alone, I'm covering several miles in a day and it's, you know, climbing up and down out of creeks and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, I was, I was actually talking to, um, one of my old bosses well, he's still my boss, but, uh, last year, uh, at the, the fly fishing school that he and I, instruct that and we were talking about kind of getting into, into like fishing shape sort of like that and how it's like sort of a different type of fitness where it's like, you don't have to be in great shape, but you gotta, there's something about still being able to scramble up a bank if you need to and that kind of stuff. Or, you know, just having like the sure footedness or, you know, being able to kind of feel things out and fight the current and all that. And yeah, it's its it's own sort of genre of fitness or type of fitness, whatever, just like saddle hunting, just like, Western hunting, just like, you know, turkey hunting, like you name it. Um, I don't know, but for me, I I try and make sure that I'm in the gym. Um, you know, whether it be doing body weight stuff or hitting the weights. um, you know, three to five days a week. And, you know, one or two of those days is typically I'm trying to be a little more consistent with it, but especially with the weather warming up now, I'm trying to get some miles on the treadmill and now outside, uh, Couple days a week, but nothing crazy, just stuff that feels good, you know. Yeah, yep. that's the thing. Start, feeding, start building that endurance. Okay, and I was like, okay, I, I think I can go a little further now, I can do a little bit more there, but yeah, yeah. After all the years of trying to gain weight for football, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm good with just kind of taking it easy now. My yeah. joints are a little worn out, even for being 26,
1: but <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I think that that last piece you mentioned consistency is going to be key. Um, Absolutely. So, well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hot Topics Part 2. We got a couple more uh, headed your way. If you like these, please let us know. If you think we got it wrong, please let us know. If you hate these episodes, please let us know that. It doesn't mean I'm going to do anything (laughs) different. It just means that I know that you hate me. Uh, Anyway, so Pierce, thanks for coming on the show today. And, uh, man, we look forward to talking to you next time.
0: Looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having me.
1: That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. If you could leave us a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. While you're at it, you can follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at howtohuntdeer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me, suggest topics that you want to hear, guests you want to hear from, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and OnX.